Joshua chapter 8. We're just going to read 29 verses tonight, just 29 of them. But again, you know, the last few chapters I've mentioned this about Joshua, and that is that they're that there are stories that you kind of need to take in as a whole. You need to kind of understand everything that's going on. And I, and I told you all, I think, a couple weeks ago that I, all these last few chapters we've read in Joshua, I can just, in my mind, I can envision that being a movie. I can envision, you know, the Israelites going into the Promised Land. I would watch that if somebody made a movie about Joshua. And I could kind of see this scene that we're going to read about tonight take place uh, as, as Israel gets ready to go in and conquer Ai. Now, last week in the in the text that we looked at, uh, we saw that 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 there was one Israelite who was disobedient, and it caused the whole group of them to have to suffer some hard times because they didn't do what the Lord told them to do. They went into Ai and they lost that battle. They had just come off the heels of winning the battle of Jericho. Everything was going good, but because of their disobedience in the Lord they found themselves in a bad situation. And so uh, the one who was guilty, his name was Achan, they finally uh, did what God said. They were able to find out who it was, and they destroyed him and everything he had, his family, all of his belongings, and everything. And so that took care of the problem. And now we are about to see the people of Israel as Joshua is going to lead them into Ai again to try to take this land that God has promised to give them. Joshua chapter 8 Verse 1. Let's pray before we read right quick. God, we come to you now, and I thank you for your good word tonight, and just help us to, to get something out of it, God, that your word will just do the speaking tonight, that in this story that we can learn something, dear Lord, from, from your people, that we can learn something about you, God. So I pray that you would clear my mind, God. I'm, I'm drifting and thinking about other things, so just in these few minutes, dear Lord, that you can get my mind straight, that you can get each one of us in here, get our minds straight, dear Lord and that, that it would be good to read your word tonight. So I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, and that you'd be glorified through everything that is spoken in this place. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Now, we see those words. They were uh, some similar words at the very beginning of the book in Joshua. Uh, God told Joshua to be strong and courageous. He wanted to remind Joshua here, Look, don't be afraid. I'm going to be with you through this. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So even though a few verses back we saw that Israel was in tough times, God is reminding Joshua and the people of Israel that he has not abandoned them. And that is true for us. There may be some times in our life where we sin, as Christians we do that, God doesn't desire for us to live in sin and just say, well, we're human, we're going to sin. No, He wants us to repent of that and to turn from that. But we also need not forget that God is not going to abandon us if we seek Him and come to Him and say, look, Lord, we messed up. Get us through this. Forgive us of this. Then God is faithful to do that just like He is for His people Israel here. All right, so this is what the Lord told Joshua to do. Take the whole military force with you and go attack Ai. Now, we saw last week in the verses that they didn't take but about 3,000 of them. They didn't take the whole military force. They thought they were just going to bebop in there with 3,000, and they were just going to do a miraculous thing, and they were going to defeat the people of Ai. But this time, God gave them 
different instructions. Now, in the Battle of Jericho, God didn't, didn't tell them to send in the soldiers or anything. What God told them to do there was march around the city on the seventh day, seven times, blow their horns and scream, and the wall was going to come down. They were just to go in and take everything over. But in this instance, he's telling the soldiers to get ready to go in. God could have done a similar thing to what he did at Jericho, and I don't know why God chose to do something different. I can't even begin to speculate of why a God began to do something different. But God had a reason for choosing to send in the soldiers in this particular battle. Take the whole military force with you and go attack Ai. Look, I have handed over to you the king of Ai, his people, city, and land. Again, God is speaking in terms here as this is already being done. You got this. If you're obedient to me, do what I tell you to do. Look, I'm already, I've already handed your, your enemies over to you. Treat Ai and its king as you did Jericho and its king. You may plunder its spoils and livestock for yourself. Set an ambush behind the city. Now remember, the problem was is that they weren't supposed to take anything when they went into Jericho. And Achan did take some things, and that's what got the people of Israel into this mess. But in this instance, God's saying, when you take over this land, you can take the livestock and the spoils. You can take those things for yourself. So again, different instructions than we saw in Jericho. In Jericho, they had to follow the Lord, march around. God told them not to take nothing. Here he says, I'm going to send in the military to do the work, and you guys can take something. So he tells them to set an ambush. So Joshua and the whole military force set out to attack Ai. Joshua selected 30,000 fighting men and sent them out at night. So here we see a lot bigger army than what went into Ai before. He commanded them, pay attention. Lie in ambush behind the city, not too far from it, and all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city when they come out against us as they did the first time. We will flee from them. They will, con they will come after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they shall say, They are fleeing from us as before. While we are fleeing from them, you are to come out of your ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God has handed it over to you. After taking the city, set it on fire. Follow the Lord's commands. See that you do as I have ordered you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to, to the ambush site and waited between Bethel and Ai to the west of Ai. But he spent the night with the troops. Joshua started early the next morning and mobilized them. Then he and the elders of Israel led the, the troops up to Ai. All those who were with him went up and approached the city, arriving opposite Ai, and camped to the north of it, with a valley between them and the city. Now Joshua had taken about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. The military force was stationed in this way, the main camp to the north of the city and its rear guard to the west of the city. And that night Joshua went into the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites, the men of the city hurried and went out early in the morning so that he and all his people could engage Israel in battle at a suitable place facing the Arabah. But he did not know there was an ambush waiting for him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten back by them and fled toward the wilderness. 
Then all the troops of Ai were summoned to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go after Israel, leaving the city exposed while they pursued Israel. Then the, the Lord said to Joshua, Hold out the sword in your, in your hand toward Ai, for I will hand the city over to you. So Joshua held out his sword toward it. When he held out his hand, the men in ambush rose quickly from their position. They ran, entered the city, captured it, and immediately set it on fire. The men of Ai turned and looked back, and smoke from the city was rising to the sky. They could not escape in any direction, and the troops who had fled to the wilderness now became the pursuers. When Joshua and all Israel saw that the men in ambush had captured the city and that smoke was rising from it, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. The men in ambush came out of the city against them, and the men of Ai were trapped between the Israelite forces, some on one side and some on the other. They struck them down until no survivor or fugitive remained. But they captured the king and Ai alive and brought him to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing everyone living in Ai who had pursued them into the open country, and, and when every last one of them had fallen by the sword, all Israel returned to Ai and struck it down with the sword. The total of those who fell that day, both men women, and women, was 12,000. All the people of Ai, Joshua did not draw back his hand that was holding his sword until all the inhabitants of Ai were completely destroyed. Israel plundered only the cattle and spoil of that city for themselves according to the Lord's command that he had given Joshua. Joshua burned Ai and left it a permanent ruin desolate to this day. He hung the body of the king on a, of Ai on a tree. Until evening, and at sunset, Joshua commanded that they take his body down from the tree. He threw it down at the entrance of the city gate and put a large pile of rocks over it, which remains to this day. Now that's a pretty that's a pretty intense kind of military passage as they were getting ready to get everything lined up. They had prepared an ambush, and I can imagine being something of beauty. They had some guys camped out in one spot, and they had another group of guys, and Joshua and the guys, they were going to go. And when the people of Ai saw them, they were going to say, Hey, there's them pesky Israelites. We can take them. We smoked them last time they come. They went running like a bunch of dogs with their tail between their leg. Come on, boys, everybody load up. We've been to put it to them. Again, So that was the plan. And lo and behold, Joshua and the people of Israel and that first group, they went in there and here come the people of Ai. They were coming out there and they were fisting to get the job done. And here was Joshua and the rest of the Israelite soldiers. They was trucking it down through there. They was making it look like they were afraid, like they were scared. And the people of Ai were probably thinking, yeah, we got this. Y'all think y'all so tough. We whipped you once. We about to whip you again. And lo and behold, about that time, here come the next set of troops. They come in from behind. They went into the city, they ambushed it, and they set it afire, and the people of Ai looked back, and they said, oh, snap. That's a paraphrase. They said something, whatever they would have said in their culture, that's, it's, it's just similar to, oh, snap. That's what they said. And they saw that the city was on fire, and they saw that the Israelites were completely surrounding them, and they didn't have any chance. And the Israelites completely destroyed them. 
Now, we don't see the words pride and humility in these verses, but I think that that's exactly what took place in these verses. I think you see the people of Ai, and they, were, they probably had a little pride because they thought that they were going to go in and they were going to whip the Israelites just like they did before. And it says in the text that they didn't leave anybody in the city, that they took everybody to chase the Israelites. Now, maybe that was their strategy. Maybe they just weren't thinking. But I would think, hmm, maybe we need to leave somebody at the city. But I think that they were proud. I think that they already thought that they were going to be able to defeat the Israelites as they did before. But the Israelites, if the, if the people of Ai represented pride, that they thought they could do it themselves, then the people of Israel represented humility because God had humbled them. They learned real quick that in Jericho, when God was on their side and they were obedient to God, everything fell into place. There was nothing to worry about. But they learned real quick that if they're disobedient to God, then it's going to get them in a lot of trouble. They learned that their first trip into Ai. And so God had humbled them. He had humbled them to not thinking too highly of themselves, but He had humbled them to know, look, you better do what I command and trust in me, and I will deliver you. And so pride is chasing humility, and guess what won? It was humility. It was, it was Israel who God had gotten their attention, and they were fully focused on trusting the Lord. And because of that, God delivered the people of Ai over to them again. And that's something that we need to look at in our own life. We need to look at, are we sometimes proud? Do we ever go into a situation like the people of Ai and we think we got this? In my own strength, I can do this. I'm so awesome. I can do anything only to find out that we fail. The Bible says that pride comes before a fall and how true that is. Some of us, if not all of us, have probably experienced that. Just about the time you think you got everything figured out and you, you, you're sitting back living the comfortable life, it's at that time that disaster hits. I think you see that. I watch a lot of football. I think you see that in football games sometimes. Sometimes, you've, if you've watched Ole Miss this year, you've done seen it a couple times. They get up to a big lead, and I think what happens is they go in the locker room, and they probably all just bumping fists and patting each other on the back and jumping up doing them chest bump, and they're probably thinking, we got this, we got about to beat Alabama, and we about to beat whoever else, or Florida State, and then all they come, they come out after, after halftime, and they out there just look like a walk in the park, and guess what? They lose. And that's what happens for us sometimes as Christians. We go into situations and we trust in our own abilities and we think we got it and we can just breeze through and we forget to seek the Lord, we forget to trust the Lord, and the result is, is sometimes we find ourselves just like the people of Ai and we look up and all of a sudden we didn't realize it and we're surrounded by a bad situation and we're like, oh, snap. But what we need to be is more like the people of Israel. And that is, is that when, when God kind of gets on us a little bit, when you realize that you've done wrong, that you've been sinning, that you've not been obedient, and you feel convicted by the Lord, what we need to do is we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. And we need to say, all right, God, I have saw in my life exactly what can happen. I've lived it. I know what happens when I'm not obedient to you. So God, help me to make the right decision to know what to do in my life in this situation or in that situation or in this area of my life or in that area of my life. And when we humble ourselves and we seek the Lord and we go into battle, so to speak, in our life, whatever that battle may be, then guess what? 
If God, if, if we uh, begin to seek God, we can know that He is with us and He will deliver us through whatever situation that He may put us into if we seek Him. At the end of this text, we see the result of what happened to the king of Ai. At the end of the, uh, of the, uh, of the verses here, it says, Joshua burned Ai and left it a permanent ruin, desolate to this day. He hung the body of the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua commanded that they take his body down from the tree. Boy, that, that reminds me of somebody else that we read about in the Bible. It reminds me a lot of Jesus. Because that's exactly what they did to Jesus. See, see, the punishment here, to be hung on a tree was a curse. It was reserved for the worst of the worst. The bad king of, of Ai here, that's the kind of punishment that was reserved for him. But that's the same punishment that Jesus Christ took for us. He was hung on a tree just like the king of Ai. The only difference is, is that Jesus didn't do anything wrong. Do you know why Jesus was hung on a tree? So you and I wouldn't have to be hung on a tree. Because if not for Jesus Christ, we would suffer the same fate of the king of Ai. Because that is what God's law commanded. It was a curse to be hung on a tree, to give your life that way. It was a horrible thing. It was a thing of dishonor that was reserved for the worst of the worst. And if not for Jesus Christ, that is the same end that you and I would suffer. Now that's pretty tough to think about because we like to think, well, I'm not that bad. I had never really done anything that bad. Well, Jesus was perfect and that's where he ended up. You see, we're not judged on our scale of what we think is good and bad. We are graded on God's scale of what He thinks is good and bad. And for God, there is perfect and everything else. And we're not perfect. But Jesus was perfect. And Jesus became that curse. Jesus died on our behalf. He took that punishment that we deserve so that we can get the freedom and the love and the grace and the mercy that only He deserves. So let us not be proud, Christian, but let us, let us humble ourselves before the Lord. Let us look to the humble example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself on the cross and let that be our motivation to not think too highly of ourselves, but to think more highly of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you and we thank you for this exciting text, dear Lord. Your Word is full of some good stuff. It's full of just... Anything, better than anything that any storybook or any movie we've ever watched. We see anything we want here. God, here we have an awesome military battle where you're in control and you're all-powerful, God, and you, you set up this crazy ambush, dear Lord, but you deliver your people through it because they're obedient to you. So help us to, to hear that, God, and let it connect with us. God, to know that we are your people if we have accepted Jesus Christ. And whatever you lead us into, if we're obedient to you, that you will deliver us through it. And God, we thank you that we can have victory, that we can have hope through what Jesus Christ did. God, we thank you that he took the punishment that we deserve so that we can have the victory. God, because without him, we would be destined to fail. Without him, God, these words of, of your people Israel winning wouldn't give us any hope, dear Lord. But our hope comes from Jesus because He has done everything. He has won every battle, every war, dear Lord. And we still have to live this life and we still have to face some of those things, God. But we know that in the end that victory is going to come through Jesus Christ. So we thank you for that and we give you the praise for that. In Jesus' name I pray it tonight.
Amen.